0: Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. Special shout out and thank you to Newsstand Studio at Rock Center. This is week two of the That's What He Said series, brought to you by our very own Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform where people like you can support podcasts like mine for as little as $5 a month. Running a podcast is so much fun but it's definitely a labor of love and we need a village of supporters so I want to personally invite you to go to patreon.com slash the refined collective to join our patreon community for as little as five dollars a month now last week on the that's what he said series we had jamal miller we talked about dm dating how to go from dms to real life and y'all He legit met his wife by sliding into her DMs. It was a great conversation. This week on the That's What He Said series is another one from the archives. It's my conversation with LA-based physical and mental fitness coach, Jared Nickerson. Now, Jared was full of mic drop moments as we navigated through your top questions on men, singleness, dating, and relationships. I even straight up asked him, How does a woman let a guy know she's interested in him? Because, y'all, how many times do you get sweaty palms when you go up and talk to a guy? It doesn't have to be that way, I promise. You might be surprised by what he says. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and we are continuing the series with the dudes answering the top 15 questions that you sent me over the last few months about everything from does a guy know when a girl has a crush on them to can guys and girls just be friends and pretty much any question in between. So I'm so excited today to have my LA friend Jared with me. What's up, Jared?
1: What is up, Kat? Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. So before we jump in, can you just tell us who you are?
1: Yeah. Um, My name is Jared Nickerson and relationship status. I am single, grew up in the Pacific Northwest and now live in Venice, California. Uh, I love it here. I swore I'd hate it. Mm. And now I love it. (laughs) Um,
0: LA has a way of doing that. It just kind of grows on you.
1: Yeah, it absolutely grows on you because every time I came down, I was like, this place is for the birds, you know, and uh, (laughs) now I love it. So it's great.
0: Well, as you are in sunny California today, I am, as I've already told you, in rainy Brooklyn in my closet recording. (laughs) So we couldn't have more different (laughs) days, I feel like. Well, I figure let's just jump into these questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Number one, do guys know when a girl has a crush
1: on him? Okay. So actually for all these questions, I'm gonna answer like for myself and be subjective mm-hmm. and then I'll let you know if I'm being objective. So um yeah. personally, I do not always know when a girl has a crush on me, which is so funny because always growing up, people would be like, You understand she likes you, right? And I'm like, There's no way she likes me. And it comes out like later, it's like, yeah, she absolutely positively did like me. And um I think there's a lot of guys like me in that sense where I've never been one to need need a girlfriend or need a significant other and need someone to be talking to. And I think when there's guys and girls like that, they're kind of just oblivious to what everyone else is doing and thinking <laughs> around. Mm-hmm. So not everyone knows, ladies.
0: Mm-hmm. Not everyone knows. That's helpful to know. Do you think that part of the not knowing is that any sort of like in, insecurity conversation internally?
1: Like with myself? Yeah, I think, I don't think it's an insecurity conversation mm-hmm. with myself. I guess the best way to put it is if I'm not interested, then I'm not even entertaining the fact that they might be interested. Cause mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think about it that way. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, I guess yeah, it could be those, an insecurity thing. I, I haven't thought about that.
0: I mean, I only say that because for myself, for most of my life, it was like that in my head, it was, I always viewed myself as like the uncool girl. And so it was like, why would a guy like that, like a girl like me? Mm. And so I, because I didn't feel worthy and because I just was like, well, who's going to like me? Then if a guy was interested in me because I already felt unworthy of attention or affection, I, it's like, I was blind to other people liking me.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is part of it too, because I've, I always grew up thinking like, oh, I'm second best in life. Why me? Someone could do it better. Someone's more handsome, some blah, 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 blah. So I guess I I definitely do fall in that and have fallen that in the past. So yeah, it's, it's very situational, I guess, because sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm just not, it's just not even on my radar. And other times I'm like, but there's no way, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally.
0: All right. Number two, do guys develop attraction over time, or does it have to be there from the get-go?
1: Oh man, uh, I do believe that attraction can be developed over time. Mm-hmm. I know this even in just very platonic relationships where I meet someone, and the more you get to know them, like all of a sudden they become more attractive. I'm like, wow, she's actually super beautiful, and mm-hmm. it's kind of the reflection of the heart, you know, manifesting outside of the body. And I think guys generally like it to be there from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think that's the end all be all.
0: So have you ever had it personally for you develop over time?
1: Um, Not in a relationship, not in a relationship. I haven't, I don't, I like, like I said before, I don't like, I've never needed a you know, significant other in my life. And Mm -hmm. so I haven't dated a whole lot. And in those relationships, I haven't like Mm -hmm. developed an attraction over time. I mean, the attraction grows, but generally it was there from the get go.
0: Or like there's at least like that initial like curiosity or like yeah. oh she's pretty.
1: Yeah, and, and so it's so interesting with attraction for me. Everything first we receive visually, that's what sparks attraction. But like I don't even get remotely interested until I know a little about them or see how they interact with other people. For me, like you can be the most drop dead gorgeous woman on the planet, but like if you're, you know, like all about taking selfies and and not treating people with respect or, you know, thinking that you're better than by the smallest little things that you do. It's like immediately like, nope, unattractive, not even a, not even possible for me to like you.
0: Yeah. I hear that. I, I wonder if the question underneath that is, so what I just think is just how many times I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of the person that asked this question, like how many times I have like been friend zoned, By a guy. Mm. And in my head, I'm like, well, if I just maybe he just needs a little bit more time. Maybe he just needs to like, see me in workout clothes. Let's go hiking. Maybe he needs to like, see me in this social setting. Like, I think as women, we're always like kind of scheming to prove ourselves worthy. Like, um, and so I wonder if like, there's a question underneath the question of like, man, I'm stuck in the friend zone. Like, is he ever going to change his mind about me?
1: You know, what's so funny is that's the literal dialogue that goes with men too. Um, that's mm-hmm. not just the female centric, you know, mm-hmm. internal dialogue, which is so funny because I didn't know that. I guess what I have to say on that is if someone has put you in a friend zone, don't try to get out of it. Just move on. And when I say move on, I mean, just carry on your life and not trying to strive to climb yourself out of like some hole that someone put you in. That's not even yours to exist. That didn't make sense. Um,
0: No, it made perfect sense. That was like freaking mic drop. Like, (laughs) like.
1: Yeah, well, thanks. So when you're trying to climb out of friend zone, basically what you're doing is you are saying that the perception of my value and worth is greater in the eyes of that person. And I need them to see me for who I want them to see me as. Instead, look at yourself and be like, oh, this is my value and worth. And if they don't see that, then that's cool. I'm just going to carry on my life and move forward. And for me, like... I believe we should all cease striving for anything, especially when it comes to attention. Um, when mm. someone is striving for attention, people see it right away and it's it's unattractive uh, mm. in all levels of relationships, um, not even just romantic. So if you're putting the friend zone and you're having these thoughts of, well, if I do this and maybe I do that and maybe he'll see me differently and maybe something will change, my advice is don't try, don't fall into that trap. You can have those thoughts, but don't fall into that trap. Um, mm-hmm. just carry on because someone's gonna see you and be like, damn, where's she been my whole life? You know, that's yeah, that's kind of the goal, right? Like we all have that we want. Um, that sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you're friend zoned, cool. Doesn't mean you're gonna be friend zoned <laughs> for everyone. Cause it happens to all of that's
0: us. That's right. That's so good. I love that. Um, okay. Which do you value more, respect or love?
1: Okay. Um that question doesn't make a lot of sense to me. because I think true, like when you say love, do you mean like unconditional love? Because I think with unconditional love, there's always respect with it. Mm. And I mean, love is first, right? Love above everything. But I feel like if someone doesn't respect you, then how can they love you?
0: Right. I agree. I, I think, I mean, it's really interesting the way you put that. Like you can't, how can you love someone if you don't respect them? How can you respect someone if you don't love them? I wonder if that's more like the like the age old for like uh the disconnect between men and women where it can be kind of like ships passing in the night. Like women want like the the physical affection or lovey dovey or hold my hands or write me a love notes. and whereas guys want to feel like respected or uh, respected publicly more so than the other stuff. I, I think that's where like that question, Mm -hmm. the assumption of that question comes from.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm the one who I'm like, give me love notes. Give me love, you know, lovey dovey, hold my hand, (laughs) kiss me in public. Like Like, I'm totally like acts of service and, and, and physical touch. Those are my like love languages, um, which I didn't know that acts of service was my love language literally until Mm -hmm. like a month ago. Cause I always thought it to be Mm -hmm. selfish and I never wanted to be, I mean, there's a whole other story about that, but I never want to be selfish. And anyway, man, I say love, love over respect in that case. Yeah. Like love for Mm -hmm. sure.
0: And I love how you put that. It's like the two are hand in hand then like, yeah, like it is impossible to love someone and not respect them or vice versa almost.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you can not like someone and still respect them and still love them, you know, in That's moment. a moment. Like is a feeling and our feelings are fleeting, <laughs> you know.
0: I love that. That's so true. It's true our emotions change like a million times a day and oh, like the so wind's on
1: the sea. emotion.
0: Yeah. Okay, this is a fun one. How do I know if he likes me?
1: How do I know if he likes me? Okay. Um man, so there's so many different ways you can go about this because my the way i view people is like okay are they woke or not (laughs) are they aware of themselves if they have self-awareness and understanding of self then it's you're dealing with a completely different human than you would just joe schma on the street whether you're a believer or not like when you have self-awareness of yourself of like why you feel things why you do things what makes you you um And it's totally going to reflect and change how someone shows how they like someone. So if someone knows who Mm -hmm. they are, then they they can be more confident in being like, Hey, you're cool. I like you. Let's go out sometime. Mm -hmm. Um, If they're struggling with insecurities, like how I used to be and how we all pretty much all are, um, it can be hard. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes guys will battle with this, um, woe is me first off. And then what if it goes wrong? So they don't want to enter into... Uh, the position of showing them that they like them. There's also a lot of dudes out there, unfortunately, who love the attention. So they they continue to stay in that balance of like, I'm not going to let them know that I like them, but I'm going to give them little hints every now and then so they stay around.
0: What's the game plan there? Is it just like, I want to feel good and flirt? Or is it like, because I feel like it's so easy to get caught up. Sorry, I know I totally interrupted you, but I have... I feel like I've been stuck in that place before. You're like, clearly this is like more than a friendship, but like nothing is happening. Like what's the game plan for that?
1: Um, My game plan is get out. (laughs) You know, (laughs) uh, I think the guy's game plan in that sense is like, he just wants the attention and he's probably doing with multiple girls and has done it with a lot of girls Mm -hmm. and he's afraid of commitment. Um, I think the game plan is like everything that we do like that is, is kind of a uh, um, self-protection. And they mm-hmm. don't want to put themselves in a position to get hurt or rejected. So they just kind of keep everyone at that sense. So that's like someone who I would say, what to, to use the verbs that I used before, they're not woke. You know, they're, they're not aware of themselves. Um, and mm-hmm. someone like that, honestly, like the way that I view it is, I wouldn't even attempt to pursue a relationship because I know it's just going to be destructive in the end. And it's emotionally not going to be uh, fulfilling.
0: That's good. That's really helpful. Okay. Next question. Is it true... If he's interested, he'll pursue or do whatever it takes to make it happen.
1: Hmm. Again, if he understands himself on what he wants, it's different. But Well, you just talk
0: about you. Yeah, like, yeah. it's what's for your, me. What would, so now, yeah.
1: if I'm interested, I'm going to make it known. Um, mm-hmm. I used to not, but I'm going to make it known and I'll pursue. But if I receive... Like, okay, for instance, there was this girl probably, of three and a half, four weeks ago who had Mm -hmm. caught my eye a long time ago. And I was like, I was kind of just, I wanted to know more about her before I, you know, was interested at all. And one of my friends knew her and I was like, tell me about her a little bit. Cause like I said before, she can be the most beautiful girl on the planet. But if I don't see her interact with someone else or if someone else doesn't know her and I can't find out a little bit, like I won't even be interested. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, all right, well, she seems pretty great according to what my friend said. So I went up to her and I talked to her for a minute and man, like it was, I'm so glad that like, I'm at peace with myself. Cause I was like, this is a pretty almost hard rejection oh. in, in the way that she was like, walls went straight up. She's like, I'm not looking for anything. I don't want a relationship. And I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Like I just said, you're pretty. And, uh, Uh, my friend, like my friend had reached out to her on on my behalf. And I was like, you like, I did not ask you to do that anyway. (laughs) um, So I let her know and I pursued for a moment. And when I saw a wall come up, I was like, okay, I'm not going to pursue this any longer because obviously she's not receptive of it. So in going back, like that's kind of being put in like a friend zone, like, okay, Mm -hmm. have some space here. And we exchanged phone numbers, whatever. And I texted her like, Hey, it was good to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And her response was, um, thanks. I think that was it. And I was like, hope you have a Mm. wonderful day. And it was just thanks. And I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. Not going to pursue this (laughs) and make it happen, whatever. So I just fast forward a little bit. I just carry on. Like, I'm not going to try and put myself out of the friend zone or like show her that Mm. I'm, you know, this kind of guy. And I was like, I'm Mm. just going to carry on living my life and doing my thing. And, uh, lo and behold, she started like coming back to me with some attention, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of funny where it's like, Oh, by me not forcing anything, she's like drawn to that. And the story is still untold, like, or like, you know, unfolding, I'm probably not going to pursue anything with her anyway. But, um, so if he's interested, he'll pursue and he's going to do whatever it takes to happen until it's clear that she doesn't want to pursue anything. And for me, I'll just back off and be like, all right, cool. Like, no harm, no foul. Carry on.
0: Well, and also, I mean, what what's curious to me about this specific situation that you just brought up is um, I just think of I used to be a magnet for emotionally unavailable men mm. because I myself was emotionally unavailable. So like attracts like,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And so I would get in these situations where like I would like a guy and then he wouldn't like me back and then I would pull back and then it was like it's this yo-yo game it's like oh well now you're hard to get well now I want you because now I'm unavailable like and so I just it makes I don't want to like pass judgment on this girl but I'm like man that's that's like not a fun game <laughs> like yeah, yeah you know now it's now she's making movement towards you when you've pulled back and that's like I don't know something about that. That doesn't feel good to me when it happens. Um, but I don't, I don't know the situation. <laughs> that's just like my gut reaction.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, that's, I'm the same. I'm like, I don't, I'm not here to play games. I'm not, Yeah. you know, I don't yeah. like playing games. Like the the whole idea of the chase mm-hmm. I love, but there has to be reciprocation. And mm-hmm. if there's not, then it's not even a game. It's a striving process. And I'm not going to strive yeah. to get someone to like me. Are you kidding me? Like, Mm. (laughs) There's so many other things to worry about in the world. Last thing Mm. I want to be worrying about is how I can make people like me.
0: All right. So do you think guys and girls can be just friends? Why or why
1: not? Man, I hope so. I know I'm I'm friends with a lot of girls and a lot of guys. And to my knowledge, they aren't like, you know, trying to climb out of a friend zone with me because I I guess it wasn't put that Mm. way. I, I do believe they can be just friends. Um, mm-hmm. I genuinely do believe that. Do you
0: ever feel like there's murky water or, um, like any confusion that happens in that sense or no?
1: Um, I feel there can be, yeah, not in every situation, not in every friendship, but I feel like there can be kind of mur- murky water and that's where it comes to, um, being open and honest and transparent with kind of everything. You know, I, I believe mm-hmm. in living a life without secrets mm-hmm. and that also means Making things known, and especially women who, just girls that are my friends, they're also my sisters, and it's mm-hmm. my job I put on myself actually, kind of to protect their heart as much as I can, especially in a, if it's mm-hmm. a relationship involved with me, um, where I want to mm-hmm. make things clear. You know, my intentions in that this is friendship or whatever, and most of the time I feel like you don't even have to have that conversation. Like a what is it DTR define the yeah. Most of the time I don't feel like you have to have a DTR, but there definitely can be murky water Um, Mm -hmm. and the water gets murky, then you just gotta just need to be open and transparent with one another.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's in order for male female dynamics to to work. I call it clearing the air. Like, hey, just wanna make sure we're on the same page. Like this, you know, I'm feeling like I might have a crush on you or like, hey, just wanna make sure we're cool. You know, like I think guys and girls can just make that whole conversation until it's like doomsday, like, oh my gosh, oh, we have to have a DTR when like, I always say like no one has a bad day when they find out someone has a crush on them. So like, if you actually do want to have a friendship with them, then you have to be willing to like lay your cards on the table so that you can either be like, oh, well, I like you too. I'm so glad. Let's go out. Or like, hey, I'm not there. Like, let's readjust expectations.
1: Yeah, I love that. You should be taking notes on what you just said.
0: <laughs> okay, um, how can I let him know I'm interested and more than just friends without being too aggressive or forward?
1: Oh, man. Um, I say you go for it. I, I like it when kind of a woman's forward with me. Um, cause then I know that I can pretty much trust them to come to me with anything. Cause one of my, you know, every guy, like a girl's like, she, you know, sighs a certain way. She's like, Hmm, what's wrong? Nothing. No, what's wrong. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's going on. Well, I just, you know, <laughs> like that conversation, it's very real. I know it's like made into memes and all. And mm-hmm. for me, I, I dislike it so much because I'm all about like, Hey, if you're feeling some kind of way. Let's talk about it. And like, let's go into why you're feeling something. Um, So when a girl is, you know, forward and um, I find that, that kind of confidence, like damn sexy. And uh, my thing is like, I would just go to them and be like, Hey, uh, and I think I wrote this to you too. I'd be like, Hey, I value transparency and I just always want to honor my feelings and I want to honor your relationship or our relationship and what we have. But like, i think I'm developing feelings for you. And I don't know where you stand, and that's okay if you don't. I just need to let you know because I need to be honest with myself. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> you know, just leave it. <laughs> okay,
0: bye. Like, there's no pressure,
1: and you don't need to mm-hmm. be scared of it. Uh, you mm-hmm. literally just say it, let it out, and when you let it go, don't hold on to it. Don't have expectation mm-hmm. with it. Um, it's simply this is like what you said. I'm just going to clear the air so that this mm-hmm. is out, um, and then carry on. It's not too forward. It's not too aggressive. And if a guy thinks you're being too aggressive because you're like, Hey, I think I have feelings for you. I just want to let you know, but I also want to like honor myself. And if he's like, yo, you're too aggressive. Then like, honestly, that guy can't handle you. Mm, And you want someone who's, you know, going to champion you. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, the person that you decide to spend the rest of your life with is maybe the most important decision you make in your life. It's at least top three. And Mm -hmm you are absolutely going to want to make sure that you choose someone who is always going to be calling you up and out. Um, And if someone can't handle you being real and honest with them, then like they're probably not someone who's going to be calling you up and out for the rest of your life.
0: That is good stuff, Jared. Good stuff. Um, Ladies, are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Next. Would you date a woman that doesn't share your worldview or faith?
1: No. Now, now, I say no in short, if they are truly a seeker and have a good heart, then maybe you could court that relationship. But you know, for me, like I am, I'm, a, I guess you can say, quote unquote, Christian, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. And if they're not following Jesus, it's not going to work um, because mm-hmm. our worldviews are so polar opposites. Like my, I'm always thinking like kingdom and I'm trying to view the world not as a physical world, but like as a spiritual world and what things matter in the long run. And my Mm -hmm. view isn't necessarily on building. I'm not, I'm not trying to build my own castle. I'm trying to build a kingdom around me and all of the people that I know to build their castles and then build kingdoms. And, and so that's my worldview. I think it's just so hard. Um, now one of my best friends, he, he's a Christian devout follower of Jesus. And his now girlfriend, when they met, was Catholic, but she was very interested in Christianity, interested in Jesus, and understanding more of who Jesus was. Because in Catholicism, they're not really uh, taught to understand or hold Jesus as the regard that we do in in Christianity, I would say. And um, she met Jesus and now runs like this amazing community of like five hundred Jesus-following, you know, hungry women online. I mean. Yeah, it's kind of like, no, but.
0: I hear that. I think there's there's nuance and layers. And I think yeah. one of the reasons why I'm excited to do this series is to hear what everyone has to say. Because I think there's going to be nuance. Um, so I appreciate that perspective. Um, okay. Are you intimidated by a woman with a successful career?
1: The answer I want to say is no, but deep down, probably. <laughs> Um, I, I, all I want for my, my partner, my wife one day is I want her to be the best woman that she can be fully alive. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if she's making more money than me, then like, hell yeah, let's go. Like that, that doesn't matter to me, I guess. Um, but like when you first meet someone, if they're like, you know, have quote unquote more success than you, that's definitely Mm -hmm. a little, because it's so polarizing to like cultural norms. That can be you know, kind of stressful. But I think at that time, in that moment, I think all you're doing is just comparing yourself to what you think, how you think it should be, not necessarily for what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think men should be intimidated by women with a successful career. I think if anything, for me, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, all right, this is, she's going to call me up when it comes to my mm-hmm. finances or my career. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I think it would be a little intimidating, but at the same time, also, a swift kick in the ass that's probably very much needed and pretty cool mm-hmm. you know
0: so do you think that you would not ask a girl out if you mm-hmm. felt intimidated by her career
1: oh no I definitely wouldn't yeah. still ask her out
0: do would you let her know that you were intimidated or would that just kind of be like a quiet thing that you're like on the inside
1: oh man like I'd, I'd probably like bring it up in some way like so like right now when it comes to like just be like being like totally frank when it comes to finances, I'm not in the pinnacle of my success. Um, like I told you before we started, is I, I had started a company. I didn't tell you this. I started a company last year and left mm-hmm. it in December. And because I, I realized it wasn't what I was wanting to do and it wasn't bringing life, so I kind of stepped into this whole. What does it look like to be like a human catalyst and a mentor? and developing that side of business and really just diving into what does it look like to just first serve without reason or mm-hmm. serve, serving like without expectation. And for me right now, like, I'll just be like, Hey, I know you're kicking ass and like your work and career and stuff. And I'm starting mine over for the third time. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm fully confident in who I am and I do not worry about my future in terms mm-hmm. of like career and material mm-hmm. success. Cause I know it's mm-hmm. there and it's already happening. So I mean, I'd probably tell her in a funny way. Just be like, (laughs) yo, I know you got it, but like, just give me like a year. All right, chill.
0: Yes. Well, one of my mentors said to me a long time ago, look at someone's work ethic. Yeah. Look at, um, is this person humble as opposed to the job title they have? Because first of all, job titles can also be a lot of smokes and mirrors. Oh, totally. um, you you know, you can look at someone's Instagram and you're seeing the one shiny, filtered, perfect, maybe fake moment of the day that they were taking to show other people about how amazing their lives are or is. Um, so there's just a lot that we don't know. Um, but I think I think for me for a long time, I'll be honest, and this is like humbling to admit. I realized God showed me a couple years ago that I was not looking for a husband, I was looking for a, a financial savior. Oh wow! And like that—that that was like so humbling can, when God you, revealed you, that to me.
1: Can you say that again for the girls in the back?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, is this thing on? Hello, yeah. Um, yeah. hello. <laughs> and God asked me, "Do you want?" a partner or do you want a sugar daddy? And Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, well, I kind of do want a sugar daddy. (laughs) Who doesn't? Um, But I, I, God really did a lot of work on my heart because what that was really about is my own insecurity and my own just fear of not having enough Mm -hmm. and not trusting that God was my provider. And also like, you know, growing up and having this expectation that I would get married out of college and, marry someone that was going to work and I was going to stay home and be a good, you know, mom that did Pilates on the side and raised our kids. And that's not a bad life, but why would I ever turn away God's best because it looks different than what I thought it would look like? Um, and so I had a mentor if like three or so years ago say to me, like, look at someone's work ethic. Because someone can be like really wealthy or like have that like successful job. But if they have crappy work ethic, if the job goes, then they still don't have a good work ethic. Like, and underneath work ethic is integrity, character, discipline. Mm -hmm. So regardless of how much money or status someone has, like, do they have integrity? Do they have character? Are they their word? Like, are they trustworthy? And so I think... I think a lot of girls probably secretly feel the way I felt for a really long time. Is like I was judging um, like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, that guy's an artist. He's running his own business. That doesn't feel very stable. Mm-hmm. So in essence, what I was doing is I wanted another human being to make me secure. Yeah. And that is no one's job but God's. So that is my moment of truth. Oh, man.
1: I mean... <laughs> To all the ladies and guys out there, I mean, my view is ladies, the most, what you should look for is don't look at job and career, look at values and work ethic, look at what they value and how they spend their time. And in that, if you want them to be successful, then the most important thing that, you know, a a significant other can do, like a woman can do for a man is belief and support. When a man has a woman behind him who says, I believe in you and I support everything that you're doing, even if it doesn't make sense to me right now, and you challenge them, always challenge them. But mm-hmm. if you stand behind them, you have no idea what kind of fuel that gives a man to excel and move forward. That is like literally the life button. Also, like ladies, I want to say, and it's not just ladies because guys do it too, but you know, the, the stereotype that you were talking about is like, I just want a sugar daddy. Um, mm-hmm. Like, honestly, Comfort is the death of America. Mm. You seeking to be comfortable all the time is going to force you into no growth and you Mm -hmm. won't grow as a human. If you're comfortable Mm -hmm. all the time, everything magical lies outside of your comfort zone. And that includes in relationships that includes in your career. Like my thing is like always seek discomfort. And maybe that's kind of a side tangent from like relationships, but you know, even if you're with someone who it's kind of uncomfortable and it might be unstable financially, um, mm. if you look at their values and their work ethic and you see that they are good and that they work hard and that they're looking at something that's beyond themselves, then I'd say that's a winner, and you're gonna win.
0: I'd agree with that. And I have to admit to you, I'm feeling very vulnerable that I just shared with you and whoever's listening to this that I've was secretly looking for a sugar daddy for a lot of years. Hey, um,
1: I mean, so, so just admitting honest.
0: my vulnerability because I feel insecure, so I'm just going to put that out there.
1: <laughs> Kat, there's no secrets here.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: No
0: Whew, that was vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. I know it well. But add on top of that a global pandemic. And I don't know about you, but it's been a tough season. Here's the truth, though. Just because dating has been awkward or just because it can be hard in a time like this doesn't mean it has to be hard. So I want to walk with you through this season well. I created a free guide for you called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life with Intention and Clarity. You can get it at bit.ly slash trw dating tips again that's bit.ly slash trw dating tips in this guide i'm talking about the biggest mindset shift that will change how you interact with men i talk about how to get unstuck in your dating life and the best thing you can do in your singleness i'm talking this is the number one thing you can do Today, that will radically change your season of singleness. So grab it bit.ly slash trw dating tips. And let's just once and for all say goodbye to awkward dating. What's something that women do that feels emasculating? Mm,
1: distrust. Mm. Um, if a woman does What does
0: that look like? What does distrust look like to you?
1: Yeah. I would say, I mean, foremost, back when it comes to distrust and uh, providing for a future, like not supporting your future, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? Like a woman who is not going to support what I'm going after, and like what Mm -hmm. I see are because so the way that I'm like phrasing all this is like my wife or my Mm -hmm. the woman that I'm spending the rest of my life with, Mm -hmm. if she doesn't believe in my ability to provide and my mm-hmm. vision for the future and kind of the vision that I believe I'm running after that God put in my heart, mm-hmm. um, then that is the most emasculating thing I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think as men, it's our intrinsic drive to work and support a family. Mm-hmm. I think deep down, that's like pretty much what most men want to do. And my mm-hmm. biggest fear in life is not supporting my future family. So if you know, my, my partner behind me is like, I don't believe that you can support us or I don't believe mm. that you're going to make it work. Like you might as well shoot me in the head mm. I mean, stab me in the heart. Like that is probably mm. one of the worst things I could ever hear.
0: Mm. Cause it sounds like that's already like your most tender, like the picture I got in my head when you said that was like, it's like a bruise. You know when you have a bruise and you don't know how bad it hurts until you're like, gosh, why is everyone just grabbing my arm right in the place where I have a bruise? Like It's like that just presses on a bruise of something that's inside that you're already like, I hope I can do that. Or maybe you're feeling insecure about or it would be your biggest fear of failing in that way. And then for the person that you love the most to say, yeah, I don't think you can do that. Um, That feels... That feels pretty devastating.
1: I mean, for me, it was like watching my father, my father's an amazing man and he, you know, suffered some, uh, severe injuries in a car wreck and like brain damage and Mm -hmm. stuff. And he's, he's good now, but there was a long time where he couldn't support for our family Mm -hmm. and pretty much my whole life. Actually, there's a lot of different, there's, it's a long story, but my dad was not a good supporter of the family. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that like to be vulnerable that put like a deep seated fear in my life of like I never want to put my family through what kind of my father put us through because he was mm-hmm. unable to support us so maybe like that's why it's kind of like a a deep childhood wound and bruise mm-hmm. you know that if a woman said that to me man that'd be that'd be like the most emasculating thing that probably could ever happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so there's my vulnerable oh, that moment. Makes sense, yeah,
0: man. Um, so kind of on the flip side of that, what's something that a woman can do to really honor you and or like make you feel like a man?
1: Oh, I think it goes back to uh, what we talked about in two questions ago: is um, belief.
0: Mm.
1: When someone just like truly believes in you, I don't know. Like the first time I got my first like freelance marketing gig. Um, was by a guy who is a really, really good friend and a business mentor of mine, and it was because he simply just believed that I could, that I could get it done. And i I'd, I'd never done I'd never done anything that I did like that before. Um, mm-hmm. I just told him, "Yeah, I can make it happen." And he just simply believed in me and believed mm-hmm. that I could, and it empowered me to, um, you know, follow through and fulfill what needed to get done, like the, the contract. And um, that was the most honoring thing that he could have done to me as a friend. And mm-hmm. that gave me the most power in that moment, which gave me the belief that set up like, you know, the trajectory of my life moving forward, probably the starting point of belief in myself. So I think even in a relationship, it's just belief.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hear that, like that resonates so much with me. I'm just thinking about times where like, I, like the one of the biggest moments in my career is when I got hired on my first editorial shoot and I didn't believe in me. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be like, are you sure yeah, <laughs> you guys right. think I can do this? <laughs> me? Like Me? I cannot do this. Like, I'm going to blow the place up. Like, I don't know how this is... I don't know how to turn on my camera. Yeah. And, but it was like, sometimes we need other people to believe in us to, like, awaken something on the inside that says, oh, like maybe I have a blind spot. Maybe they see something that I can't and Uh like the flourishing that that can create. And then on the flip side of that, like, I mean, man, having, cause we either like speak life or death over people, like Mm -hmm. where they're speaking blessing and light and hope or the opposite. And it's, you know, you call someone ugly enough, then they're going to start believing they're ugly. Right. And I like, of course the opposite is true. That's what came to my mind when you said that.
1: Yeah. I love it. It's kind of yeah. like, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in a room of people, the only person you can't see is yourself mm. and mm-hmm. everyone around you can see you. And if it's people who know you well, they can see you for who you are, but you still don't see you for who you are so many different times. And I'm going to call my friend, Luke Stafford, who is very handsome and also single and a <laughs> wonderful believer. Instagram handle is, I think, at Luke Stafford. So go to that. <laughs> <laughs> but what he has done in my life is he's always been someone that has always seen kind of my magic. And he's called yeah. it out since day one, even when I didn't believe it. And I, I've, I've thought about that before. I was like, man, I, I want my wife to call me out the way that Luke calls me out. Because mm-hmm. it's so edifying and makes me, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it, it like in, in a weird way, it makes me feel like a man. Yeah. You know, even from one of my best friends.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can, I can totally envision that. Um, It makes so much sense to me. Go Luke.
1: Luke. We all need
0: a Luke in our lives. Moral of the story.
1: At Luke (laughs) Stanford.
0: Okay. So what are you looking for in a relationship?
1: Oh man, I would say I'm looking for someone who's going to um, challenge me, push me and believe in me. I only want someone in my life if they're going to call me up to be better. I don't want just a cheerleader, which we all need cheerleaders in our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also want someone who's, uh, willing to have hard discussions with me and challenge me and, and Mm -hmm. help me grow. Um, just Mm -hmm. as I would hope to do for them. Yeah. I kind of want a woman who's just unafraid of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I hear that, um, like I think of just the idea of yes men. Like it, it sounds like you don't necessarily want a yes man yeah. around you, Yeah. Um. which is like great in theory, but when you actually get called out, how do you receive that? Are you like defensive at first or because I feel like that's like the type of answer people like, well, yeah, of course, like I want someone that is going to say the hard things to me. But then when someone says the hard thing
1: to you, yeah, they like what are you talking about? Get They're like,
0: well, what do you mean? So, We're breaking up. You you don't believe yeah, in me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, my, my journey with that is a little unique to most people. When I moved to Los Angeles, uh, I moved with my best friend, JJ. And it's so funny because throughout our time living together, he's now married um, almost a year now. And our time living together, we would joke and would say, do you realize that we are prepping each other for marriage when it comes to Uh, our communication. Because we, I mean, there'd be times where we want to knock each other's heads off, but we had to choose love and we had to choose Mm. to love one another as brothers. And that meant not being a yes man all the time. And that meant calling him out on his stuff and Mm. him doing that to me. And Mm. in the beginning, you know, we were so prideful. And our mentor, Steve Petermeyer, he's one of my good close friends and a mentor and, and he was kind of like the dad in the situation. He'd always be like, No, you need to sit here and listen to this. Listen to what they're saying. And mm-hmm. what are you feeling? How does it make you feel? Now then it brings that it turns around where like if I'm feeling an emotion, that's my fault. That's my emotion to deal with. That's not his. Mm-hmm. That's not because mm-hmm. JJ JJ might have been a jerk. But because I'm feeling this way, that's on me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were in this, you know, two-year crash course of how to live with someone who's always going to call you out. But we always called each other up when we're calling each other Mm -hmm. out. And for me, like, I no longer get defensive. I think my first reaction now is like, if someone like calls me out in a certain way, I'll be like, like, for example, someone's like, Jared, you're arrogant. You're being arrogant right now. And Mm. my brother used to say that to me all the time. And I then, you know, longer, longer story, I went on this righteous pursuit of never wanting to be arrogant. So um, that's why like I didn't like to receive acts of service because I thought it was selfish anyway. Uh, my first reaction now is, am I arrogant? or I'm rude? am I rude? What was I rude in that moment? And then I begin to reflect and, you know, be objective and say, mm-hmm. in this moment, was I this way? And how mm-hmm. was it perceived? And now, like I almost never get defensive. It's like I agree and then like kind of work backwards from there.
0: So, you did mean that you do actually want someone to challenge you.
1: Yeah, totally. I do. I do want someone to challenge
0: you. <laughs> so, you did mean that when you said that. I asked that not to like call your bluff or anything, but just like I think it can, that can be like one of those things that can be like easy to say, harder to, harder to live, Fulter, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like you've walked that really well.
1: I'm done um, living a life of trying to, you know, <laughs> do yeah. things that are easy to say. And mm,
0: That's good. I'm
1: with you. Thanks for calling me up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling you up.
1: <laughs> Call me up, girl.
0: Um so why do you think a lot of guys don't want to date within their own community aka church
1: I think it simply has to do with the fact that guys don't want to be pegged with a scarlet letter if in case the relationship doesn't work out right mm-hmm. So for example in in my gym sometimes I think I don't necessarily cuz my my community spaces are like my gym and my in my church that's where like mm-hmm a lot of my relationships have been built and you don't want to taint any future, relate. I think that's the fear is you don't want to taint any future relationships that could happen because something was lost in communication or misunderstood. Um, and it's a very like vulnerable place to be, you know? So if, if in church, I think the, the fear is that a guy dates a girl and they have relational issues or they break up and the girl speaks to her friends and her speaks, her friends speak to other friends and it gets around. And then all of a sudden you're like this, you know, demonized, horrible man. And mm. when in reality, it was just like a miscommunication and you didn't have a chance to like, you know, tell your side of the story. So it it can just mm-hmm. be challenging in that way. I think that's probably mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts to that answer one well first of all girls totally do that we blacklist guys and it's unacceptable and I think it has to stop no wonder this question is in the top 15 that women have sent me because it had like girls asking me this question all the time Jared and I think your response is just is pretty dead on in that sense of like a a guy goes out with a girl and then it doesn't work out. And then she tells her friends and then he becomes off limits to the community and or his dirty laundry is aired. And so I, I say that I say to that behavior, like it has to stop. So question for you is what would you say would be like a better way that you would want to see that handled by women?
1: I think we just need to be very aware that our words have power Mm-hmm. And what you say about someone has power. Um, and when you say something negative about something someone you are literally cursing them that is the definition of a curse. And when you do so in front of people who are not aware of the situation, they're already you're going to change how they believe and see someone and it's gonna warp and that's their first impression forever and that may never change. So I think like if you're in a relationship with someone and you know maybe you're upset, And it didn't go well. Give yourself time before you talk about it with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, you might have like your trusted women that are around you that you can be like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Help me walk through these emotions so that I can understand them. And is it me or is it him? Mm -hmm. You know, I think we like to paint everything as like someone else and not us. But I think we first Mm -hmm. need to reflect on ourselves. Why do we feel this way? Is it my responsibility or is it theirs? Was it their fault or was it mine? Maybe it was
0: nobody's fault. What if it just didn't work
1: out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say fault, I'm meaning um, like the emotion that you're feeling. Like, is it because they're an absolute jerk and, you know, like a douche? Or Mm -hmm. is it because maybe you misunderstood? Yeah, maybe it's no one's fault. Maybe it's just not a – the relationship didn't work out and you're like, you know, women in in that situation, it's like, you know, if the guy's a good guy and a solid dude and it just didn't work out, maybe you can – when people ask you like, Hey, what happened? You know, it just wasn't a good fit. He's a good dude. Mm. Wasn't, wasn't a good, uh, relationship like mm-hmm. fit. Yeah. That's a
0: really great encouragement to women. Um, so on the other side of that, my thought slash maybe a little bit of pushback on your response is, um, so this thing that girls do, it might or might not happen. Mm -hmm. right? Like, so that could totally happen because it's happened before, but it also could not happen. And here you are, like, to me, I'm like, why wouldn't you want to date someone in your gym? Like, why wouldn't I want to date someone at my church? Like, we clearly are like-minded. We like spending our time at the same place. Like, it's very organic and natural. Like, I would love to meet someone that is like, already in the flow and rhythm of my life Mm -hmm. and so to not do that because something negative may or may not happen seems to be well it's it seems a little bit like a cop-out but I feel like that's too strong of a word it just seems like that decision is based out of fear and so whereas like I know women like I know we have work to do to not do girl code but like to not do something but out of fear also seems like not fair either
1: that was that's actually the other side that I wanted to talk about because um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree with you um, I'm just you know sitting here trying to be objective um, mm-hmm. but I absolutely agree with you I don't believe we should ever make any decision out of fear. Um, I mm-hmm. think if you're if there's fear behind a decision like a negative fear um, then you need to sit and process it really hard before you make it. I think the problem that people have in in that sense is their view on what a relationship is. If they're afraid that it's going to go wrong, then they're already believing that they're not going to be with this person forever. You know, they're not mm-hmm. even, I, I would say they're probably not even ready to seek that kind of relationship because if you're walking into a church and you're like, Oh, I don't want to date them because what if it goes bad? Well, dude, what if it goes amazing? You know, mm-hmm. in, in the gym, it's like, I would love. So when I say I use that as an example, I mean, I would love to date someone at my gym or at my church mm-hmm. because you, like you said before, there's all that, like, we're already lined up in so many different ways in that level, you know, it makes things so much easier. And if I'm dating someone, like realistically, if I'm dating someone, then like my intention is to marry them, you mm-hmm. know, or to see if marriage is a fit. Cause I see mm-hmm. that there's more than just, you know, a, re- a platonic relationship here. I yeah. agree.
0: So it sounds like all parties involved have a little bit of work to do on, on that question.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> girls, don't go out and slander the guy. Guy, uh, yes. don't be a coward and don't act out of fear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's simple enough. There <laughs> we go. So, ready for the last question? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, this is the most asked question I get from specifically Christian women, you can answer it however you want. Um, where are all the single godly men?
1: Los Angeles? Uh, <laughs> kidding. Um,
0: like Venice, Venice Beach? Venice Beach,
1: right here in my house. Uh, hello, I'm right here. Um, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I think, I mean, my group of friends, I guess now half are married, but the other half are phenomenal single godly men. Um, mm mm-hmm. I say, look for the dudes who aren't looking for you.
0: What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean... It sounds like a riddle that I don't know the answer to.
1: I think it might go (laughs) along the lines of when you spend your time going after and pursuing God with all of your... And this is so cliche, right? But when you spend your time pursuing all that is that God has before you and pursuing God and not trying to pursue men around you, Mm. they will appear, they will come. Um, I think it has to do with the path that you're on. Like if you, if God has put this on your heart and you are pursuing with everything, kind of like, this is what I'm going after. And you're moving forward. There's going to be other men and other women as well. Other men who have decided to take that same path of, I'm going to pursue what God has put on my heart. And this is what I'm moving towards, and I think eventually those communities and those paths uh, converge, and they cross Mm -hmm. and they hit, and I think that's where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's cliché, but I think I think that's the honest truth. Mm -hmm. I think if you go to every church and your eyes are just like bobbing left and right, looking like who's who's single, who's single, who's single, who's handsome, you know, all this stuff. Like, I think put your eyes on like what has been set before you. I think it'll just be one of those moments, a synchronicity. And you're like, how did this even happen? Um, this is from a, coming from a guy who kind of, I hold that perspective and I've seen it, how it's just happened mm-hmm. in some of my closest friends' lives. And I'm like, you know what? Like, mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't need a relationship for me to be fulfilled and happy. So I'm just going to keep doing the work that God has set before me. And uh, when she comes and she wants to run alongside me and together, then great, let's go.
0: So what do you think is underneath that question?
1: Underneath the question? Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah, where yeah. are
0: all the single godly men? Like why why do you think girls are asking that question?
1: I think because their heads are up. I think their heads are up like scanning the room. When mm. I think their, their focus and attention needs to be within. Mm. Um. Yeah, I think the underlying question is, "Where are the godly single men?" But I think what we should be asking is, "Am I the woman that God has made? Am I am I walking in alignment in in the identity of the woman that God has made?" Yeah, I think it comes down to walking in your identity. That's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a. Um, when I hear that question, I hear fear. Yeah. I hear scarcity. Lack. Um lack, yes, distrust, Um, my future is up to me. And granted, I have also felt that question at times. Oh, totally. Um, same. But I, I think I, um, you're wondering where all the guys are too. Yeah. yeah I
1: wonder <laughs> where all the guys are like, same girl, let's go. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when I said it, I, I was um, like, I hope she said something like that. <laughs> I, um,
0: um, <clears throat> yeah. I just, I, I think so much of what I try to go back to is, and I know that it sounds like you do similar work with, um, the men in, uh, boys that you mentor, is where am I coming from? Am I coming from a place of fear or wholeness? Mm-hmm. And I think, especially in the church, I'd love to know your thoughts, but it can be really easy to hide behind spirituality or have this like spiritual bypass. Of, mm, yeah. Uh, oh, you know, let's just pray about it or, Preach. you know, over spiritualize life. Preach. And, Instead, so then we say things like, "Well, where are all the godly guys?" Or, "Well, I just stru- I just have anxiety or I'm just a control freak." Mm-hmm. Um, we accept these things over our existence that are completely anti what I, God has oh, for yeah. us. and like God does not have fear for us. So is that comment what? Let's trail that all the way back to the root? What is that coming from? And am I coming from a place that like, God is good, God is for me, I am provided for, I am safe, I am held? Here's,
1: or Here it is. Yeah, go. The, the here base it is. root of, and this is a root of most, a, a lot of different things, because this is a lot of work that we do. The root, and a lot of people don't want to admit it, you don't believe God is as good as he says he is. You may know it because you have head knowledge of it, but deep down you are not believing that he is a good gift giver. You don't believe that he has the best intention for you. Cause if you believed it, your head wouldn't be up searching, scanning, being like, where's he at? He doesn't exist. Where'd they all go? Mm. Listen, mm. you're believing a lie about God right now. If that's mm. what you're thinking, you're believing a lie about God. So you need to go back and ask yourself, Lord, when, what, what is the lie that I believe about you? Okay. When was the first time I believed that lie? How did it manifest itself? What's the truth of who you are? and live from, from the truth. Um, and when you start living from the truth and you start walking in your purpose and walking in your identity, like you're going to have dudes that you're just shoving away who are coming at you because they see that in you. They see that you're online and on track for something. Yeah, I'm going on a little tangent here, but you're online and on track for something that is kind of bigger than them. And they want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. People are attracted to that. Yeah. And it doesn't go yeah. just for guys. You'll have people in your life who are just wanting you around um, right. because you are walking okay. your identity and walking in your purpose. And and freedom is attractive and
0: like true confidence is attractive. And um, so I, I am hearing you and I am tracking with you and... Um, Jared, you have such great insight. I mean, I don't know how I'm going to edit this episode down to (laughs) under an hour, Um, but I just am so, so grateful for everything that you've said, your walk in the talk. So thank you so much for your insight. Do you have anything else that you want to say or any final words?
1: Yeah, I think I want to say something that I just said a second ago is... Mm -hmm. Get in a quiet place, ask the Lord to quiet your mind and to quiet any confusion that can come in and ask him, just ask him to speak. And I just, I encourage every one of you to just simply ask, just to ask, Lord, am I believing a lie about who you are? Can you show me where I'm believing something about you that isn't true? And he'll show you and ask Mm -hmm. questions about it and dive deeper. And then Mm -hmm. end every day. And this is what I want everyone to do always. End every day and say, Lord, how have you, can you show me how you have loved me today that I might have missed? Just so you can begin to tangibly experience and feel the love that He has for you. And just Mm -hmm. exist and live in that before anything else. Don't strive to be something, just first exist as a loved, beloved child of God. That's Mm -hmm. like, my message I wanna say Mic drop. Mic drop.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your heart. And um yeah, hopefully you get to do this again. And yeah, would, just excited for all the women to get to hear
1: this. I would love to be back on. Just, okay, great. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be
0: can can people find you online anywhere or uh
1: yeah, my Instagram is Jared.nickerson. J A R O D dot Nickerson. Nickerson. Mm. Um and you're gonna find It's just kind of a hodgepodge. It's a different account that I started not that long ago. And it's just fitness stuff and some thoughts with some, maybe some cool photos. And otherwise there's more stuff in the works, but not ready to announce yet.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Women are going to be really blessed by your words and we'll talk soon.
1: Kat, thank you so much for having me on. This is so fun. Thanks for being on.
0: Was so good. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Wow. I loved what Jared said about how to let a guy know you're interested. He said, confidence is sexy and honesty is important. Let it out, but don't hang on to it. So I, as a woman feel so encouraged by that response. As a strong person, I have the permission to tell a guy that I'm interested in him. And I love what Jared said. He said, if someone can't handle you being real and honest with them, then they're probably not someone who is always going to be calling you up and out for the rest of your life. And I don't know about you, friend, but I want someone who is calling me up for the rest of my life. So friend, you have the permission. Confidence is sexy. Honesty is important. Thank you so much, Jared, for those wise, wise words. Now, next week, on the That's What He Said series. We have worship pastor Jeff Johnson from Passion City, Atlanta. We're talking all about how to create a culture of honor in dating. And if there's anyone who has a lot to say about how to date well, it's Jeff Johnson because he and his wife, Jordan, dated on and off for 10 years. Y'all, that's an entire decade. So stay tuned for Jeff Johnson's wisdom about how to create a culture of honor. And next week, that's what he said series. All right. If you want to keep the conversation going, join me over on Instagram, The Refined Woman.